time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop in our living room for the big bowl of sugary cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Transformers. I can't do the voice. Transformers. There you go. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah, like that. Exactly. And this was chosen by at Global Icon 2012 on Twitter. So thank you, at Global Icon 2012. That is a mouthful. I like how you're calling him at Global Icon. I don't, I don't know his real name. That's all I know him by. Timothy. So. Tim, we'll call him Timothy. Thanks, Timothy. Thanks, Timothy. <laughs> slash Timothy on Twitter. At Global Icon. He's the global icon of 2012, but only 2012. All right. So the show Transformers aired from 1984 to 1987, created by Hasbro and Takara Tomy, produced by Hasbro, Sunbow Productions and Marvel Productions. It ran for four seasons, 98 episodes. It was first run syndication, so it aired across multiple networks at the time. And for a short synopsis, two opposing factions of transforming alien robots engage in a battle that has the fate of Earth in the balance. That's pretty accurate, but not only just Earth, like other plants too, like Cybertron, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the universe is what Megatron wants. Yeah, it's true, especially if you start getting into like the the movie, which we'll get into. We'll we'll do the movie eventually because will we? It's amazing. Oh, that movie. Okay. Yeah, not the Michael Bay <laughs> garbage. No. Yeah. No. Okay. No. 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 All right. The the cartoon movie is amazing. No. So yeah. We'll definitely. have to get there. But we'll, yeah, there's, we'll talk uh, a little bit about that. In this episode, there's I'm sure. so much, like, in that universe. It's crazy. There, there's so, so much lore. It's ridiculous. Yes. So who are some actors that were in this cartoon, Chris? Okay. So um, there's so many. There's way too many for me to, like, cover everything. So what I did was I picked out either really notable characters or notable actors that voice these characters. And that's what we're going to go with. So first of all, we've got Peter Cullen, who is the voice of Optimus Prime and Ironhide for the Autobots, and um, also reprises his role in the Michael Bay films as Optimus Prime, which is cool. That was the only good thing about those movies. <laughs> Frank Welker, as we've, we've heard a billion times, is the voice of Megatron, Sludge, Mirage, Trailbreaker, Soundwave, and Skywarp, and probably more. There's probably a lot more that I didn't get that he also voices. Man by the name of Dan Gilvezan, Gilvezan, Dan Gilvezan voiced Bumblebee. Casey Kasem voiced Teletran One, Cliff Jumper, and Blue Streak. Another name that we have seen quite a few times um, since we've started doing this show. Oh yeah. Um, Greg Berger, voice of Grimlock and Skyfire. Um, I think Greg, Greg was, uh, he did a voice in All Real Monsters, but I don't remember which one he did. Wasn't one of the main characters, but he was, it might, might've been the Gromble. Oh, okay. Or no, no, he was, wait, is the Gromble the headmaster guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's who he was. Oh, nice. Um, Scatman Carruthers was the voice of Jazz. Oh. Dude, Scatman Carruthers is just awesome. That I is awesome. I love that dude. Don Messick. Uh, voiced Ratchet and Gears. So Don Messick, um, I talked about him a couple episodes ago because he was in another show of ours, but um, the famous for being the voice of Scooby-Doo. Mm -hmm. And Casey Kasem um, was the voice of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo that we said was playing Clip Jumper and all those others. Yeah. Right. Charlie Adler is the voice of Silverbolt, another R-Real Monsters. He was the voice of Ickis, and he's just a huge in the voice acting industry. Anyway. Rob Paulson, the voice of Slingshot and Skydive, two of the aerial bots from the Autobot side. And Christopher Collins was the voice of Wheeljack, Starscream, and Reflector. Christopher Collins, I believe he's isn't he's Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe, right? Mm, I think so. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's him. There are a lot of tie-ins. I mean because Cobra and Starscream sound an awful lot alike, so it's gotta be him. Yeah, no, it, it was. I mean of course, it was all tied under Hasbro and Marvel Comics. So, oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, they're completely connected. So, 
amazing cast. Like all these guys, I mean, at the time, some of them had done some things, but man, like uh, so many of these names stand out. Like they have really stood the test of time for their careers. So these are like the greats that you're hearing voicing this cartoon. Yeah, I mean, this was... Uh, I can't really say so much about it. Like, I want to just start spouting about it now, but I can't yet. I, I'm gonna. I gotta hold back. <laughs> we gotta get hold back there. a little bit for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Transformer cereal. Diaclone and Microman or Microchange toys were subsequently discovered in the 1983 Tokyo Toy Fair by a Hasbro toy company product developer, and this is essentially what led to Transformers as a whole. So they discovered some toys at a toy fair and they were like, these are awesome. I bet we could market these. And at the time in 1984, the U.S. regulators had removed a lot of the restrictions on the placement of promotional content on children's television. So they were like, hey, we can I bet we could get away with making just one long commercial and selling these toys with a cartoon is essentially, I'm sure, how the board meeting went. Yeah. And this is what led to Transformers as we know it now. It was nice. made as a commercial to sell these toys that Hasbro had imported over from these other Japanese toys. I kind of figured as much because most Hasbro products are that way. Mm -hmm. Like the toys usually came first. And also Hasbro had previously worked with Marvel Comics to develop G.I. Joe, the real American hero in the three pronged marketing scheme where it was the toy line, the tie in comic book and the animated miniseries which was co-produced by Marvel in this case and in the case of G.I. Joe. So Marvel Comics started a comic book series for Transformers that ran from 84 to 91. So the, the comic book series outlasted the animated series in its first wow. run. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, there were also, of course, the toys that are extremely popular even to this day. I mean, Transformers has lasted the test of time in its 32nd year now, and it's still popular to some degree, at least. It's crazy. Yeah, And also, uh, after the success, like we were talking about earlier, of the 1986 film, the series picked up in season three with Hot Rod or Rodimus Prime as the leader of the Autobots. But due to the grim nature of the new series, along with poorer animations and the lack of Optimus Prime, this was the final true season of Transformers uh, generation one or g1 as season four was only a three-part story called the rebirth so season four was only three episodes long yep I, and i remember every bit of that too because man like they went out with a bang they they did a good job on the way out so i'll give them that yeah it was one of the the head writers at the time who really wanted to close the series like he was also one of the guys who came up with a lot of the mythology of the series as it went on so he wanted to close it as best he could given the circumstances however in japan that actually segues me to another another interesting marshmallow which is that instead of airing rebirth in japan they continued on after season three with three additional animated series transformers the headmasters transformers super god master force and transformers victory as well as a single OVA direct-to-video release, which was Transformers Zone. So instead of interesting, yeah, instead of using the closing season four like the American uh, Transformers did, they had those yeah. additional three series. That's very interesting because, um, yeah, like I, I'd seen all of those listed before. There's a ton of other Transformers cartoons. Like there's oh, yeah. so many, I can't keep track, and I want to be able to watch them all, but there's just it's hard to know where to start. Well, from so my understanding, cool. that yeah, gives me an idea. So, from my understanding, yeah. uh, G2, because you always see Transformers G1 when you're seeing like a lot of products or toys these days where it's like, yeah, okay, it's this is the original stuff. G1. Yeah. yeah. But G2, from what I understand, all it was, at least initially, was a rehash. It was just reusing Generation 1 footage, but they changed kind of the trim of it to where it was told by some kind of cube that was. Huh. It had like the, the scenes on it and it would rotate and show different scenes instead of the, the transition. Oh, yeah, of, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I, I have seen that before. So I guess G, uh, G2 was really just kind of an update of G1 in the Well, I say, quote unquote, update in the sense that they used more computer generated stuff instead of just pure yeah. animation, but still uh, rehashing the old scenes. Right. But I don't know. There might be more to it. So do you have any memories? I mean, you have to have memories of this show. But what were your yep. memories of Transformers? 
man, this was my cartoon as a kid. Like, I was obsessed with Transformers. I still love them, mm-hmm. except for the Michael Bay movies. Of course. That's, that's, uh. So what happens when someone that's not a fan of the source material makes a movie and completely loses, like, the <laughs> point in constant toilet humor and is just an idiot about it. But yeah, I was obsessed with it. I had more um, Transformers toys than any other toy I ever had as a kid. I, I talked about in another episode a long time ago. I think it was might have been our mask episode that I got a bunch of uh, toys through a garage sale because I, um, some older boys had lived next to me and they became teenagers. So my grandmother bought all these toys and, and a bunch of them were Transformers. My next door neighbors at my actual house were the same way it was like they were a little older and had a whole bunch of the original generation one toys when they were still made of metal you know like mostly metal with some plastic and stuff and so i got a whole bunch of them like i had optimus i had jazz i had bumblebee i had starscream like a whole bunch of the real good ones and i i wish i would have kept those because you know you get like a little bit older and you don't play with toys anymore and you don't really like see the need to keep them so you get rid of them all uh, man, I really wish I would have kept those. I had a lot of Beast Wars toys also because I was just as obsessed with Beast Wars as I was Transformers. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I, oh man, it was probably unhealthy the point that I watched Transformers and I could <laughs> quote the the entire cartoon movie. I could probably quote in order like from beginning to end. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Nice. It's, I've seen it way too much. That was one of my dad's favorite movies, actually. Uh, he had one of those awesome kind of cardboard movie posters of it that had oh sweet kind of the, the reel on the side where it had like cuts out of the reel on it. Wow. Yeah. Does he still have that? Uh, he has to somewhere. I'm going to get it from him and see if he'll let me have it. You have to. That's amazing. That would be great. Yeah, that would be Dude. awesome to have in, in here, even the podcast room. Yeah, you should get it. And then when I come to visit, and it goes missing. <laughs> Don't, Don't question me. Yeah, of course, I trust you. Just not with Transformers stuff. I mean, mine's kind of the same way with Transformers. I, I don't know if I was obsessed with it per se, but I couldn't really tell you whether I started with the toys, the cartoon, or the comics. But I know at some point in my childhood, I had all three. And to some degree, I know for a fact that I had some of the Transformers and gi joe comics where there was a it was a combination of the two right those were awesome i loved those because i was a big gi joe fan and a big transformers fan so the combination of the two amazing i don't know how they would hold up if i were to go back and try to read them but i know they still do that even where they cross over gi joe and transformers i think idw owns all of these now yeah 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 i know they own transformers for sure but i think they own um i think they also have gi joe um and all that other stuff yeah micronauts uh mask my most recent interaction with transformers was transformers devastation did you play that video game no i never got to see it but i oh was my at um comic-con last year when they first revealed it and they they showed the first footage and stuff and greg Berger was there and he was doing like he was talking in grimlock's voice and stuff it's really mm. awesome I, I i had a vine video that year and it was probably on twitter too somewhere maybe instagram of him doing the the grimlock voice yeah it was really cool i think i remember that but uh yeah yeah i have that game and it's i've played a few transformers games here and there this is definitely the best one like hands down it looked amazing there's so it many is. good transfer games i never played that i need to get to yeah when you come down we'll play it some because yes! it is so good <laughs> that's always awesome Me grimlock i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been around my whole life and I've tried to soak it in wherever I can. And so this yeah. was kind of a pleasure to get to actually have a reason to sit down and watch some of those old episodes. Speaking of, let's jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally a random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first episode being More Than Meets the Eye, Season 1, Episode 1 which actually carried on into episode two and episode three. three. But we got a good enough introduction to Transformers with just the very first episode where as the Energon supply runs low on the planet Cybertron, the Autobots leave to find a new energy source. Their enemies, the Decepticons, follow. And after a victorious battle in space, both of their ships crash land on Earth. What was crazy to me, okay, so getting that out of the way, we already talked about the the opening of it where they're looking for Energon they're the Decepticons chase them out to find more Energon so that Megatron can rule the universe. And they're still on Cybertron at that point. They're still on Cybertron at that point. And yeah. then 
they I guess they go into some kind of warp speed or something and reach Earth, crash land. But then it's like they crash into this mountain and it's like four million years later. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that they (laughs) came out four million years ago. Yeah, it was a really long time. They're very old. As we find out in one of the episodes we watch, like at least even Optimus Prime kind of Optimus Prime. It's it will explain when we get there. But him and some of the other mainstays like Megatron over nine million. They're at least nine million years old. They've got to be older. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're crazy. They're sentient robots. It's like, can they really age age? I mean, I guess they do because I mean, if if yeah, they they can age to a degree because there are older transformers and things like that there's even ones with beards and stuff yeah yeah that's that's cool i wonder if (laughs) one day they wake up and they're like well i reached like uh my fourth million year i guess i need to you know screw on a beard plate and like they just (laughs) yeah (laughs) attach one to their face got a bolt on my beard and my tie and go out there in the working world but yeah they live a very i mean they can probably live indefinitely as long as they have good maintenance yeah (laughs) But what's interesting about them, though, is that they do have, like, the equivalent of a soul. They have something called a spark. Right. So, I mean, they can be completely killed if the spark is destroyed. Yeah. What I liked about it, and it's something I'd seen before, and you kind of see in any iteration of Transformers, but what I, I like and I always am interested in is seeing what their original transformations were before they come to Earth and kind of yeah, integrate cool. into society. It's like these yeah. these foreign spaceships where it's like, no, these these don't resemble anything. Like Starscream isn't a jet right off the bat. You know, Optimus Prime isn't yeah. a diesel right off the bat. Like they are vehicles that are relevant to whatever surroundings they're in. So they adapt to their environment. And I always thought that yeah, was a really interesting cool. take. I think it was interesting too. Like I, ho- I like the whole idea that Starscream and Thundercracker and um, Skywarp, sure, their original transformations were like kind of jets, but they were more like they were like pyramids with like uh, jet propulsion on the bottom, right? And and like Bumblebee was almost like flying saucerish kind of thing. So like they were definitely made for like traveling in like um, you know aerospace things like that. And what I liked about like Starscream and the Jets, like um, that sounds like a band. I know. It, uh, I was just thinking that needs to be a band. I'm gonna have to make it a band. Starscream, <laughs> Starscream and, the, and Jets. the Jets. Them being pyramids, it like after a while it started tying back to the whole like ancient aliens kind of thing. You know, they're associated with Egypt and pyramids and things like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's kind of a cool thing that their transformation looked like pyramids. I was like, that's cool. I don't yeah. think intentional, but. I, I like to think of it that way. I was like, that's I like that idea a lot. Were there ever any like pharaoh bots or anything like that? Anything that oh, kind of resembled? I'm sure there is. I'm sure yeah. there is. There's Man, like millions of freaking. There's, there's so many different Transformers. Ones I was really interested in were like the, the terror cons or the horror cons that were like. Uh, Those are cool. Yeah. Horrible looking creatures is what they transform into. I don't know, but that's yeah. I, I digress. That's way different than what we watched. But uh, yeah, so. We see Starscream here interacting with Megatron and we can already tell like from the get go that Starscream is vying for power and he's just waiting for a chance to strike at Megatron's weakness. I I love Starscream. That's my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite character out of the entire thing. That is always their relationship. And that's hilarious. Okay, so what's your favorite Transformer? Uh, My favorite Transformer is... Probably, if we're not looking at the movies or anything, I would say Bumblebee. I like Bumblebee, Bumblebee because I had... <laughs> that sounds that's really... That sounds like you. That's the toy I had when I was a kid. I, the toy that I remember having. But I think it was like a... Almost like an actual... It looked... I mean, obviously not actual gold, but it looked... It had that gold sheen to it. It wasn't yeah, just yellow. Yeah, it was shiny. Yeah, yeah, it was like a shiny gold to it. So I was always really interested in that toy. Yeah. And yeah, so if I had to choose out of anything, that would be my favorite. Okay, so then who would be your favorite Decepticon? If Bumblebee's your favorite and he's on the Autobot side, who's your favorite Decepticon? Oh, easily Soundwave. Soundwave oh, okay, is amazing. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, like, for you, I would have pictured Soundwave or even, like, uh, Rumble, which pops out of Soundwave. Pops out of Soundwave. I liked Rumble because of his rhyming. That was yeah. hilarious. But, <laughs> exactly. But no, I mean, definitely Soundwave just because I love his voice. It's so cool. And what's interesting is if you listen to Soundwave's voice unedited, it is Dr. Claw's voice or the Dark oh, yeah, Rider's voice. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Frank Welker. Yeah. Obviously. 
Well, it's Frank um, Welker, but it's though it's still that same the same kind that of same Doctor Claw voice. Yeah, like I said, my my favorite of all time is Starscream. I will always love Starscream. And um, but if, if I picked an Autobot, it, it would be a tie because there's three I really enjoy, which are Wheeljack, Jazz, and Ironhide. All three of them are great. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great Autobots, so it's hard for me to choose one of them. Yeah, Wheeljack would probably be second for me, especially in the episodes we watched. Like I really yes, liked his he's character. So good. He got yeah. great airtime in the episodes we watched. Mm-hmm. I thought we there was also <laughs> yeah, there was also a Stegosaurus. Um, yeah, Snarl. Snarl. Well, he wasn't in these episodes, though, or at least not in the the episode yeah, we watched. He, with he the comes Dinobot. in like two episodes after oh, Dinobots. The War of the Dinobots. Both. Yeah, yeah. They they both get built during. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, there was one of the one of the curse words or the the curses that the one of the Autobots used was uh, leaking lubricant. I thought that was funny. Yeah. That made me laugh. That was Ironhide. At one point, Optimus has Megatron's voice. I don't know if you caught that. They screwed up a total of three times that I noticed with the voices. Um, the very first one is they used um, Skywarp's voice for Starscream, and then they used Megatron's voice for Optimus, and then they also used Cliffjumper's voice for Megatron at one point. Mm. Like, they just, you know... But, I mean, that that tended to happen a lot with cartoons of that era. I'm guessing that not all the animation was done in-house. You know, things were probably outsourced, so there's bound to be screw-ups and stuff right. like that. So, or oh. at least maybe in the editing. Another another audio thing I noticed was kind of towards the end of this episode where the Energon cubes come out, where they start bringing them out. They sound like a lightsaber igniting. They are the lightsaber yeah, the that, sound it's, effects. It's exactly. that exact noise. Uh, I like when Cliffjumper tried to snipe Megatron. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite scenes, especially the aftermath of it, because it reminds you that they're in a war and that they are soldiers, you know? Like, right. it's something I didn't think about that much as a kid, because as a kid, I'm like, they're fun robots. They're awesome. But as yeah, an adult yeah. watching it, I'm like, these guys are soldiers and they talk like soldiers. You know, oh, um, yeah. Hound and Cliffjumper is supposed to be spying and... Cliffjumper pulls out a gun and he's going to snipe Megatron. He's like, I can kill him. I'm going to do it. Right. He's going to take and he his misses. Um, But my favorite part of this entire episode was he misses. So the Decepticons attack. They have to split up and Hound gets driven off um, a cliff by Laserbeak. And they have to bring in some Autobots like Holler. And I don't remember who else comes, but I mean, Cliffjumper's with them. They haul him off. And he can't transform because he's too injured. And my my favorite exchange was when um, Cliff Jumper's like apologizing, and he's like, "I shouldn't have tried to fire at Megatron." And Hound just goes, "You shouldn't have missed, you mean?" And then he just yeah. kind of laughs. He's like, "Yeah, you're right." And I'm like, "That see, that is like an exchange that like soldiers would have." Yeah, you know, that, they're that like felt very real. I agree. Exactly. Yeah, I loved it. I think that was one of my favorite like dialogue exchanges of everything that we watched for this show. Yeah, see, that's one of those things, going back to Wildcats a little bit, where it feels like it's more aimed towards adult, or at least it's adult conversation, adult yeah. level conversation, not necessarily like, you know, adult conversation, but it's it's a level where a kid can understand it, but an adult can appreciate it most. Right. And right. that that is something that this show did offer a lot of, actually, in, in my hearing of it anyway. But yeah, that part especially... They did some really cool stuff with sound in this. I mean, Soundwave to me was the best, of course, but Oh yeah, he's uh, awesome. All of them had a really cool kind of uniqueness about them that made them stand out. Yeah, there's man, there's cool stuff and you think about it, the sound effects of this show are just amazing. Even though they like reuse some things like lightsaber sounds, but you think about just what they are because they're all giant robots. So every movement they make ha- has to sound metal and it has and to sound heavy. really heavy. Right. And and they they nailed it. Like, I mean, there's nothing that they do that I don't question it, honestly. Like, yeah, they were really meticulous. Like you can almost hear the gears moving as they do. And that's yeah, that's a lot of attention to detail. And if like two of them like slam into each other, like we get to see some awesome like fighting in this episode, like on the ship, because the Decepticons intercept the Autobots ship and they do that bridge and they invade the ship basically. Mm-hmm. And they're just all out. I mean, hand to hand combat, just brawling and beating the crap out of each other. 
and it sounds like giant robots hitting each other. I mean, it's really heavy, really metallic, just thuds and clangs and all kinds of stuff. It was really good. Basically, I mean, this episode just leaves with a cliffhanger, like, <laughs> it ends with a cliff jumper. Mm -hmm. uh, no, like, where the Decepticons are, I mean, their goal is always to, to get enough energon that they can get back to Cybertron and have enough energy that they can also, you know, take over the, the galaxy or the universe or whatever. So they attack like this oil rig and they start running into actual humans and stuff like that, including Spike and Sparkplug, Witwicky. That's where the name Witwicky comes from, from the Michael Bay movie, is that was supposed to be their last names. But mm -hmm. I don't think they... They rarely ever say their last names in the show. They just say Spike and Sparkplug, but Spike is supposed to be a nickname for Sam. So, ta-da! That's where the character from... That's where Shia LaBeouf's character comes from. That's who he's supposed to be, a Spike Witwicky. Wit, Spike Witwicky. God, I can't <laughs> speak. Ah, uh, I need an update to my verbal processing unit. <laughs> Something I really appreciated, and this this is going to go across all the episodes, and I'm going to add it to the audio effects of this episode, are the transitions in between scenes where it's like... Oh, yeah, dude. It'll be the symbol of whichever... Uh, whichever team it was focused on and then it'll switch over to the other team and i thought that those are such interesting transitions that yeah it lets you know where you are in the story it paces you and it gives you a cool sound effect in between yeah i love the music for it there's always like this really light music that plays right after that sound effect when it's introducing what the other side is doing it's usually the autobots um it's just the certain music and it brings me like this real like nostalgia and calm mm. because I heard it so much as a kid that I hear it now and I'm like immediately like enamored and yeah. like at peace with myself. I'm like, oh. <laughs> going to a, a tranquil state. Yeah, it, it's super soothing. It's so weird that, that it has that effect now. So Right. Well, that's cool. So the second episode that we watched for today's show was SOS Dinobots, season one, episode seven, chosen by Global Icon 2012 or Timothy 2012, as we <laughs> named him. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever we named him. After finding dinosaur bones hidden near their base, the Autobots decided to create mechanical dinosaurs called the Dinobots. I didn't know how I felt about this, and I, I'm still not sure where it's like, it almost seems like they're just like, oh, these are awesome. Let's make some of these. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't they have made them anything else and just gave them whatever kind of really strong metal they gave the Dinobots? Like, why? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's kind of like a, a ploy to get these dinosaur robots sold. But still, I mean, yeah. I love those characters. It's just yeah. such a such a strange way that they decided to introduce them. Oh, yeah. It, it's not very... I don't know. I think they were really playing to the, you know, young boys love dinosaurs, which is true. Oh, absolutely. Because when I was that age, dinosaurs were the other thing I was obsessed with. <laughs> so this combined them together. And I'm like, OK, you know, if um, if I had money, you could just take it. Take all my parents money. Take right. it. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened with this. Take all my allowance. <laughs> yeah, really. God, like I love man. I love the the Dinobots. And I was really sad that as a kid. I well, I you know, I tried to get as many Transformers toys as I could, but there were two Dinobots I could never find, and that was Sludge, which was the Brontosaurus, and mm -hmm. Swoop, which was the Pterodactyl. But I had Grimlock, Slag, and Snarl, which Snarl and Swoop are introduced in another episode we didn't watch in um, this sitting. But right, yeah, I could never find those two, and it made me really sad. Man, those would even be cool to have now, just to to have as like oh, yeah. something to stand up on yourselves or something. Well, a couple years ago, they started remaking those old g1 toys and reselling them at like target and stuff like that um i don't know if that was a limited thing or if they're still available probably a limited thing but it would have been nice to have the original ones that still had metal and stuff in it yeah we have a couple of retro toy stores around us so maybe we can go hunting when you come down oh yeah dude definitely so in this episode something okay so we get grimlock of course the t-rex we get slag who was the triceratops and then Sludge, like you said, who was a brontosaurus initially. And this is something I did not remember when I was from when I was a kid. Initially, 
they really do have the intelligence of a dinosaur for for some reason they keep them just like very very base emotions or whatever where they have very small processing units i guess not even brains i don't know what they They couldn't even even like speak no no they can't speak i mean instead of it's like a fight or flight but they choose to fight and they are destroying the autobot base they take out teletran one the big computer and what I really thought was cool, and I was like, dang, that's hardcore. Optimus is like, no, just shut them down, lock them away. We're not using these. And he, it was just so cold about it. And I was like, man, that's a leader right there. He had to make this decision. Yeah. And he made it. Yeah, he's a military leader, you know? Yeah. He's just like, all right, that backfired. We're never using it again. Yeah, that's like, going back done. to what you were saying about the, the last episode with the you know, the, the communication between those two after the after trying to take out Megatron. And this is kind of the same feeling I had from this for me. Yeah. Yeah. It feels realistic. It feels like what a real leader would do in that situation. It's good. It's good writing. Surprisingly good writing for a cartoon that was just made to sell toys. Oh, yeah. That's I think that stands above all else is when you look at the origin of this and then see what came of it. It's kind of a miracle that we got what we got. Yeah, it really is. I wondered about that, though. I always wondered about that is why they built the Dinobots with small brains. Like, I guess, yeah, they wouldn't be brains. They'd be like small AI processors, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, I was just like, why not make them just as intelligent? I mean, the more I thought about it, I started thinking that, you know, the Autobots and Decepticons are like, you know, millions of years old. And maybe they weren't originally built by other you know, like Transformers. Like, I think at some point it's revealed that the first ones might have been built by the Quintessons, which are like another kind of race thing. They they were um, built by um, Primus, who is kind of the, right. the opposite of... Unicron. Unicron, yep. So then I was like, well, maybe then that they don't have the technology to build something as smart as them. But then that, that argument gets thrown out the window when they build the aerial bots. So... <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, so there's really no reason that they built them dumb other than that Wheeljack and Ratchet, who this is a great episode for them because they got to basically be mad scientists, which is right. Yeah, this was this was definitely a big one for Wheeljack. And it's where I really started respecting his character. Yeah, I was just kind of like, why did you build him so dumb? I, I guess he was just trying to, like, you know, really pay homage to what the creatures really were or something. But yeah, it just seemed like a bad mistake. (laughs) <laughs> well he realized a little bit later but he oh yeah <laughs> he was able to add just a a bit more intelligence to them at least to the point where we get the me grimlock stuff yeah i really like though that when um they are reawoken because what happens is um so the autobots again go after the decepticons who are again like stealing they're like taking over like some sort of power plant and you know taking the energy and stuff and the autobots go to go after them but the decepticons get the drop on them and capture them all except for pretty much like um i think it's bumblebee who gets away and gets back to the base and tells ratchet and wheeljack and they have to basically revive the dinobots because they had nobody else so i like when they get reawoken and wheeljack puts the devices on the dinobots that makes them smarter smart enough that they can understand orders and stuff well they know friend from foe yeah basically that i like um the dialogue where grimlock says something to the effect of we follow orders but then he goes for now and i was like yeah dude that's awesome so he's still got that primal instinct in him yeah he's like okay i understand what's going on i'll help you out but you know we're do- it's basically like we're doing this as a favor yeah something that really made me laugh in this episode was where megatron gets shot by one of the dinobots i think and he- oh he gets shot by a wheeljack oh actually. By, by wheeljack and he goes yeah. down right away and then but i mean he's just shot <laughs> once and star screams like yeah i win it's time to immediately oh yeah <laughs> immediately star screams like i'm the new leader megatron has fallen no yeah no hesitation because he does that constantly but the the (laughs) the interesting thing is that i really like about starstream's character is that the other decepticons will follow him like even like megatron just drops after one shot and he's like he could be you know he recovers in like 10 minutes yeah but like the other decepticons are like all right, and just go ahead and follow Starscream. <laughs> yeah. 
So I always thought that was interesting because it, it would be it would be so easy for him to just be that guy and nobody follows him, but they do follow him. So I, I like that a lot. And yeah, man, that that part just made me laugh a lot because of how quick he was to make the <laughs> assumption that Megatron was done for. Another thing that made me laugh, and it was another one of those things that made these guys feel more realistic and kind of human in the way, is that there's this one part where Prowl makes a joke and he laughs at his own joke and the camera pans over and none of the Autobots like are <laughs> laughing. They're just like had their arms crossed and they're staring at him. Nice. I was like, that's awesome. Like it's it's, it's such just, a subtle joke. It's good awkward humor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is the the first time at least that I remember hearing Rumble do a rhyme. This is what he's resorted to now. <laughs> I love it though. It's so cheesy, but the way he says it though, because it's like the way his voice comes across and stuff. Like even when he says stupid things, it sounds awesome. Yeah. Because he's got that raspy voice and it's kind of Jersey also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. What's interesting to me, and I guess this goes for really any cartoon where there's teams like this, is why a lot of them have different accents when yeah. they're essentially all the same from the same being, you know, yeah. or from the same area. I don't know. They, that's one thing that they did address in the Michael Bay movie which was a smart thing to do, but they couldn't have done it back then. But how they did it was because um, those Transformers get there and they learned Earth's languages from the World Wide Web. Oh, so they're, yeah. they're emulating humans, basically. So if they all listen to different things, you know, that's why. That's why they have different accents. Mm. I think that's interesting, but that's something that couldn't be applied here. I think here it was just fun. <laughs> yeah it's like well these are the voice actors we got so here's right. your voices megatron has a, a line here too that's really good and it gives the best representation of the kind of person megatron is is when they the decepticons see the dinobots for the first time and they're freaking out and starscream's like ah like megatron you're supposed to know everything what are those and Megatron immediately just goes scrap metal and like starts blasting at him. They're nothing. I'm just going to take him out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Megatron's like, a beast. Yeah, that was such a, a great way to uh, to write that character. Because mm -hmm. he's just like, he doesn't care. Like, he's going to take him out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in this episode, the Autobots are saved. The Decepticons are scared off by the reuniting of the entire team with Dinobots kind of at the helm of this because they're yeah. essentially tanks. They're brainless tanks. Those Dinobots, like, screwed them up, man. Like, yeah. those, those three plus Bumblebee and Wheeljack and Ratchet really, like, they basically took the Decepticons down, just them. Yeah, so if they had stuck around, they would have taken them out. So they were smart to retreat. Yeah. Another really cool thing, and this is kind of the end of the episode where Optimus or where Wheeljack and uh, the, the other guy, they apologized. Optimus are like, you know, we accept whatever punishment, you know, you have for us because you told us not to basically not to resurrect the Dinobots ever again. And yeah. he's like, given the circumstances, uh, there will be no punishment because the Dinobots saved us and you did what you had to do. And yeah. even or what did he say? It's like sometimes even the wisest leader isn't always correct. That was really cool. Dinobots shall remain among us. Yes. And everyone cheers. Like two episodes later, they build two more Dinobots because we needed more. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. I would have taken even more than that. I mean, those five are great. But man, build all the Dinobots you want. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be cool with it. Could you imagine like a plesiosaur Dinobot that just lives in the water? <laughs> yeah. That'd he, be amazing. He, he just flippers around on land. Seriously, that'd be great. Last episode we watched for today's show was War Dawn, season two, episode 44. This was the highest rated episode where some aerial bots start to have doubts about their cause. Some have started to admire Megatron and are thinking of switching sides. Yeah, these, this is a man, this episode. I had I kept messaging Joseph as I was watching this because yeah. everything was just like blowing my mind. I had just finished watching it and my mind was blown because I was like, <laughs> no, no way. It no. was crazy, like the amount of like 
awesome that we got in this episode is just the, insane. The aerial bots are essentially juvenile. They were only built like a few yeah, weeks back or something. Yeah, they're they're essentially like they're kind of like teenagers. Yeah, basically, where they're having their rebellious phase, and they're like, "Well, why are we helping the humans? The humans are weak and stupid. So why would we help them and not just work with Megatron and the Decepticons? They don't seem like such bad guys. Right. They haven't seen the links that the Decepticons will go to to get what they want. Plus, they see like Starscream and Skywarp and Thundercracker flying around and stuff, and they're they're good. I mean, they they can outmaneuver the aerial bots at this point. Mm-hmm. So, especially like Slingshot, who is kind of he's not the leader of the aerial bots, but he's the most vocal one out of the bunch, and he's the one kind of leading the charge as far as rebelling against the Autobots, and he's just like. Look at how good they are. Like, we could be that good. Like, obviously, they know something we don't. Right. Sort of thing. So he's just like, you know, we really should be considering aligning with them because they seem to be the better Transformers, basically. So they're having their doubts. And then we get to a point where they see some sort of fluctuations in power coming from Cybertron due to um, something that Shockwave was Shockwave. Yeah, something Shockwave who is left on Cybertron by Megatron to be left in charge in his leave. And so, yeah, uh, Optimus or they see something like that on, on the Teletron. And so they send them over in this kind of rocket ship called Omega Supreme. Is yes, I love Omega Supreme. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, he's a giant Autobot. You know how like later in the episode they talk about the Guardians? Mm-hmm. Omega Supreme was basically a guardian. He's, oh, okay. He was one of those giant robots, but he was repurposed for travel and stuff. But he was originally a guardian. So he's gigantic that he can fit like all the other Autobots inside of him and travel through space and stuff. And what ends up happening once they I think it's once they get there, they see that Megatron has set it up or or Shockwave has set it up to where they're going to go back in time to steal some of the Energon from the past when it was plentiful to bring it to the present in order to, you know, have enough to rule the universe is, yeah. is Megatron's whole goal. Yeah, he wanted to build like an ultimate weapon right. with all of that energy. So, yeah, he went back. He wanted to go back to a time where, you know, this was and it was nine million years ago. And at this time, it was Megatron had just basically the Decepticons had just materialized. And and it it was basically Megatron and he was the only one of the group that we know now. Mm-hmm. It was him and all these other robots, and they had just really started the rebellion. And it doesn't seem like it was that known about yet. It seemed like it was more like kind of rumor, word of mouth, what was going on. And- well, yeah, because we see the younger Autobots who are there, who are, they they respect the Decepticons, or they kind of uh, admire them in much the same way that the aerial bots do. Yeah, so what happens is like Megatron sets up like a trap, basically, because the aerial bots are coming after them and they know it. But Starscream's kind of like, hey, I think these guys are like interested in joining our side. They're a bunch of idiots. I think we can kind of manipulate them. Megatron's like, okay. So they get in there and they trick them into getting into that time machine thing, basically. And they send the aerial bots back in time instead and, and to get rid of them, basically. Right. So the aerial bots end up on Cybertron in a really prosperous age. The... Um, war has not started it's just like we said just beginning there's rumors starting to abound that there is this um guy megatron and these other guys just now kind of starting and and it was basically at this point where what would become some of the autobots they're basically like working class like blue collar transformers you know they're working at basically they're like dock workers kind of in a way and we get introduced to this one called Orion Pax. And I don't remember his buddy's name. I remember his girlfriend was Ariel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, they're they're just they're working and, and they're kind of like, yeah, this Megatron guy sounds cool because, you know, we're so tired of working our gears off for, you know, not enough compensation, things like that, you know. So, yeah, Megatron isn't like this big evil force to everybody yet. You can still hear the deception in his voice when he's oh, speaking yeah. to... Orion Pax, where what was kind of funny to me, even the more I thought about it was where he's he's in the factory with him looking for a place to, quote unquote, store some store of his the, wares, store his wares. Yeah, is what he <laughs> says. 
And he's like, uh, so what do you store here? Raw materials? Energy? And uh, Orion <laughs> Pax's like, oh, yeah, just no, it, it's just energy here. All of this is just energy. That's like someone asking, like, what's your password? Is right, it just password? Exactly. No, it's my birthday. Megatron's just basically like, great. Kill everybody. (laughs) And so, like, all the Decepticons just flood the area. They kill everyone. They they shoot down Orion Pax, Ariel, his friend. Pretty much everyone in the area is just annihilated. Yep. The Ariel bots kind of show up a little too late, and, like, the damage is already done. Megatron retreats, and the Decepticons retreat and stuff. As um, they, well, I think the aerial bots are kind of shooting after them, but they get away basically. They're like trying desperately to save Orion and his friends and stuff because, and like here, I this was like the the big moment where um, Slingshot especially is like freaking out because you know he's the one that was just like you know the Decepticons aren't that bad, and now he sees like Megatron just destroy this buddy of his he just made. Yeah, I mean he sees his true colors at this point. Yeah. So they take Orion's body to this guy and they're like, can you repair him? Basically, he's like what would be a doctor in, um, you know, like the human world. Mm-hmm. And they look in there and there's just transformer parts, just bodies everywhere. And he's like, I, I can't. And they kind of yeah. convince him to finally do it. So well, they, it's not even repair him. Like it's almost like, was, a, there's, yeah, there's too much damage. So they had yeah, to rebuild him. Yeah, because it's almost like a Captain America super soldier formula type thing where he wanted to experiment on him with this new upgrade he has. And so that's why he was the initial subject for this uh, being in a state of disarray and uh, about to lose his spark. So out of this, we get, well, okay, coming into it, we see, we can see it. Like when you, when you see Orion Pax, you're like, he looks a lot like Optimus Prime in certain ways. In some ways, yeah. So I'm waiting, like the whole episode, I'm kind of waiting, like, how is this going to happen? That's what it was. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to happen, but you're like, how? And it was really interesting the way that they did it, like you just said, how they laid it out. And then they do upgrade him and he is now, so essentially Orion Pax was killed and he was brought back, resurrected as Optimus Prime. The reveal when he walks out of that doorway and, you know, it's just the big Optimus Prime. Because Orion Pax wasn't that big. No. But Optimus is huge compared to what Orion was. And he walks yeah, out exactly. and he's all big and he's got the big gun and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yes. And then that doctor also mentions he's going to upgrade Ariel to Alita 1. They don't show her. Yeah. But he mentions it in passing. Yeah. Which is awesome. Alita 1's a great character. What I really liked in a good kind of redemption moment for the aerial bots was when they're in this factory where the Decepticons are getting all this energy. And essentially, if they do, if they're able to retrieve this, then there's nothing that's going to stop them from making this weapon and ruining the future. So they're like, well, we we don't have time to like do anything else. We have to just blow it up while we're here and basically sacrifice ourselves for the greater good. Yeah. And that's something where they all come to that decision and they're going to make it happen. And at the moment before it explodes, they're pulled back through time into the present and they were able to save the day by blowing up that factory. So I thought that was a really good redemption moment and a great evolution for their characters in in a small time. Oh, yeah. And good Lord, like, man, they go all out once they come back in the present because... What happens is on the other side, back in the present, the Autobots are working to fix the time machine because they were going to get sent back like before time had even began. Like they were going to just keep being sent back like farther and farther and farther. So Optimus shot the time machine to stop them. Mm -hmm. This cracked me up because I was like, I feel like he exaggerated a bit because the screen says the number 708 and Prime's like, Judging from these controls, they went back 9 million years. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I feel like you're exaggerating a little. <laughs> but um, anyway, so the Autobots are working on fixing it when the Decepticons come back and start attacking. Mm-hmm. And so the aerial bots are brought back right in the middle of a battle and they come out guns blazing. I mean, they're just right. shooting everything. And Slingshot, my God, like he is screaming at Megatron and like, Talking about how he's going to destroy him and all kinds of stuff. He gets super Jersey. Like what he thought Megatron was, was 
that whole image visage was betrayed. What's also cool is um, so the the Decepticons because I was talking about how Omega Supreme was a guardian. The Decepticons find the remains of some other guardians and they're able to animate one w- without a head. So it's not really thinking, but they're able to just kind of get it to do basic things and to fight for them. Right. Like basic protocol, basically. And and they have one battling against the Autobots before the aerial bots come back. And when they are back, the aerial bots combine and form Superion yeah. to fight against it. And I'm like, oh, Superion. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that was, ama- that was amazing. Any of the combiners are amazing. Oh, yeah, true. That just reminded me of when I was a kid, I would go to Blockbuster because I don't I, I didn't know how to record things off of TV yet. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to go and rent the Transformer cartoons from Blockbuster. And I remember the the two episodes I watched more than anything was SOS Dinobots and then Heavy Metal War, which was when the Constructicons were introduced. Oh, nice. Man, they're so awesome. But yeah, yeah Superion is great. And he just messes up that that old guardian and then they they just pretty much tear the decepticons a new one and then mm-hmm. um yeah slingshot wants to do all kinds of unspoken things to megatron something that really kind of blew my mind too was the reveal at the end where optimus where the oh, uh, one yeah. of the aerial bots is like like calls optimus orion pax and he's like you you were the ones who saved me so that means that this whole timeline is a big circle. And the reason that this happened in the first place was because they had gone back. And s- the reason Optimus Prime yeah. exists is because the aerial bots have gone back and done this before. So it's like, how did that start? Like, where did this That's crazy? This is just like a time is cyclical. But it it reminds me of a movie Time Crimes where there's just so many questions because it's like, how does this paradox begin? And this exactly. is one of those situations. And I was like, Man, my mind was blown when he said that. When he was like, when he referred to them as the ones who saved him, I was like, man, this is crazy. The only way I can figure out something like that is that originally something else happened. Right. You know, to yep. get Optimus to where he is or whatever. And then the aerial bots are built and the aerial bots go back in time and change the time stream. But we only witness what happens because of what they already did. So we will never see what the original time stream right. was. The original one can no it's longer replaced. exist because yeah. it's been replaced. It's Yeah, it's so nuts to think about. Yeah, so this episode is great. This is the first time I had ever seen the origin of Optimus Prime, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's Especially it being a time paradox now. I was like, man, this there's so much to this. <laughs> this is insane. Yes. Chris, it's about time we wage our battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. In order to get a hold of their time travel device, roll out our inner kids and see what they thought of the Transformers. Oh my god, this is the greatest show of all time. Space robots, dinosaur robots, robots that turn into even bigger robots. I can't... Five out of five. I gotta go play with my toys. Bye. For a show conceived purely as a device to sell toys, Transformers really managed to break the mold and far exceed expectations. Not only does the initial concept of transforming robots pique my interest, but they also manage to flesh out an incredibly compelling universe that introduces deep, sometimes very dark themes. Not to mention the variety of fascinating characters, even as black and white as good versus evil tends to present itself here. Overall, I'd give the Transformers five big bowls of Decepticrunch cereal out of five and cannot recommend the original cartoon or animated movie enough. My only lingering question is about the trailer that Optimus Prime carries when he's in diesel form. Where does it come from? Where does it go when he transforms? Is there another Autobot altogether that's the trailer on his back? That's a pretty crummy job. Oh well, it's still better than Toiletron, I guess. Poor, poor Toiletron. Oh man, I didn't even think about the possibility of a Toiletron. At least it'll be good for one thing. Flushing out the enemy. Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, This show is going so well. (laughs) You know, he raises a good point, though, about the back of the truck. You know, I I thought about that as a kid, too, because I had the Optimus Prime toy, and you would transform all your guys to have this big battle and stuff, and then you just got the back of that truck just sitting there, and you're like, oh, that's kind of in the way. 
Like, like it, it would make sense if it was like a weapon cache or something and it folded out after yeah. the fact. Well, but... they did. They did do a version of that. Oh, did eventually. They? Yeah, okay. they eventually made one that was like it opened up and it would be like not useless. It would unfold and there would be like a panel going straight up in the air that had like a computer built into it, like Teletran one or something. Okay. And then you would have like a flap that had two guns strapped to it and stuff like that. All right. So but they but they don't do that in the cartoon. It just disappears whenever it's inconvenient. Yeah, it's just gone and then it comes back. Yeah, it just comes back when he transforms back. I don't know. It, pocket, pocket alternate dimension. reality somewhere. Yeah. It's thing. it's part it's yeah. part of Optimus's uh, time paradox. Like that just yeah, goes into exact, some pocket yeah. in space. Okay, it's the only explanation. Yeah, we just cracked the code. <laughs> we fixed it. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts about Transformers? Uh, I mean, not a lot that I wouldn't have already said. I think this was really kind of a miraculous show based on its origins. I can't really think of any shows that have done it any better or even up to this level. Transformers is a almost a phenomenon and what it started before we were born and it's probably going to outlive us, to be honest. Transformers, you know, they lived themselves for millions of years. I'm sure this will, too. When people of the future are looking back at times like this, Transformers will still be something that they can appreciate. I agree. I, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, Transformers is 32 years old now. We're only 31. I mean, we're we're a year off from that. But man, it's still going just as strong. I mean, look how popular it is. Yeah. You know, even in the last just couple years, there's still tons of cartoons. There's movies, action figures. There's comics. There are some great Transformers comics right now. Oh, yeah. Which, listeners, I can tell you some. Go read uh, All Hail Megatron. The, the level of um, intellect put into it is fantastic it's just really good and also another one i like there's a trilogy series called transformers um autocracy did you ever read dark cybertron no no i haven't yet there's i have a huge list of things and that one is on it because i've heard about that i've heard um sins of the wreckers is another really good one that i've heard Mm. about there's so many like amazing comics for transformers that like i can't wait to to read them they're doing a all hail optimus line right now too you know in juxtaposition to the all hail megatron so uh, i don't know what the story is of it but it sounds interesting and i can't wait something pretty cool that or pretty funny i guess that i read was that uh while the comics and the cartoon are both still going on simultaneously in the letters to the editor portion of the comics at one point Grimlock was the one who was responding to the fan mail. <laughs> That's awesome. And what he had told this kid or these these people was that the what happens in the cartoon is not canon and the comics are the reality. Oh, like this is what's cool. actually going on in uh, the Transformers world. The cartoon is just kind of a fantasy reimagining of it. Nice. I don't know if there's much truth to that or whatever and it's coming from Grimlock, but <laughs> Something to think about. Grimlock's like, I don't even know where I am, but this is yeah. <laughs> this is good. Because, I mean, the comics did outlast the original TV show. That's true. So who knows? They're still going, and they're really good. The way they reimagine, like, some of the characters, and particularly there's one that I like in the comics way better than I do in the show. Perceptor. Do you remember Perceptor? He turns into a microscope. He's in, he's one of the big characters in the animated movie, but in the comics, like they make him kind of nerdy in in the not really nerdy, but you know, he's smart, he's kind of a I don't know, just kind of lame, like not a whole, whole lot of like interest to him, you know, in the cartoon. In the comics, dude is like a sniper, like a trained sniper, and he's freaking amazing. I'm like, mm, that is nice. a cool way to use a character like that. Man, that is awesome. So, yeah, they did a great job. One more thing before we end this episode that I want to mention, because I, I wrote it down and I totally forgot to mention it, and I don't know how I didn't, but the one scene we see that really showcases why I love Starscream so much in the first episode, when the Decepticons are revived by Teletran 1, because Teletran 1 gets turned back on because that ship that's crashed into the side of this volcano, there's an eruption, it jostles things around, Teletran 1 comes back online, the first thing it scans is one of the Decepticons, I think it was uh, Skywarp, starts the process of rebuilding him, and then he pulls the other Decepticons in it, the Decepticons leave the base once they're all rebuilt, they're gonna go off and explore this new land, and... Starscream's over on the side just shooting at the freaking spaceship. 
Oh yeah. Was, I mean the the Autobots are all for all intents and purposes pretty much dead. You know, they're in disarray, they're in pieces, and they're not going anywhere and he's shooting at them and <laughs> Megatron's like, "Starscream, what are you doing?" My favorite line of this whole thing was where he just goes, "I'm just saying goodbye." And he just keeps <laughs> shooting at him. And like that is the reason I love Starscream. He's such a psychopath. He's psychotic. He's conniving he's such a weasel i love it he's like the ultimate like just villain i love him <laughs> well listeners it looks like our milk supply has now run dry so it's time for us to say goodbye next week to start our month-long october extravaganza we'll be watching courage the cowardly dog chosen by uh, me because that's a cool cartoon joseph hasn't really seen it thanks chris and um hey as this episode airs Go to Twitter because right now, as this is airing, we will have a poll up because next week we are going to have you guys vote and decide what we watch for that October episode. So go to Twitter right now, participate in the poll. This is basically, you're basically in control. It's going to be three weeks of October. You will be in control. We're going to do the poll this week. We're going to watch something else uh, the week after that. The last two weeks of October, you guys, again, will be able to vote on what we watch. So make sure you go and participate because this is your time. And just for a brief overview, October is us watching kind of Halloween, scary themed cartoons the entire month of October, kind of like we did last year, but yep. we named it something this year. So October it is. October. Can't wait. All right, guys. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.